Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to be here. Like you said, my name is Sarah. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm on staff here as a director of communication. So if you ever see a typo or something that looks weird, it's my fault. So just let me know. I'll fix it. Um, So today I want to start out with a question, and I like wish that I had made this a survey, but I didn't, so just pretend it's a survey, and if you're online, just put it in the chat. Um, So like, I don't know how many of you grew up as Christians in like the 90s, early 2000s like I did, Um, but I'm just wondering like, how many of you ever had those WWJD bracelets? Did any of you have? Yes, so many of you, like the what would Jesus do? Um, And I don't know like why, like why? Why were they so popular like they weren't cool they weren't attractive like I don't know but they really were um, and you like can still find them I did a Google search and like they still sell them and like probably now I'm gonna get ads for the rest of my life for them um, but as much as like I make fun of that and I think it's kind of cheesy it's a good question like what would Jesus do and I think that's a really interesting question in relation to today's passage because the answer is pretty clear. Jesus would take a nap. And like, I'm 110% behind that, like as I imagine all of you are. So um, shout out to whoever um, sent in this post-it note two weeks ago, like Jesus took naps, why don't you? Like that's the message, that's the sermon, like I'm done, you guys can all go home, that's it. Um, Okay, just kidding. You can't. Sorry, you're stuck with me for a little bit longer. Um, But, so back to this passage, one of the things that I find so compelling about the way that Jesus lived his life is that he had such clear boundaries. He had such clear boundaries for, like, spending time alone and by himself and going off to pray, which, as an introvert, like, really speaks to my soul. Um, And like, let's be real, I also like to think that there were some naps happening during this time. Like, they're not necessarily recorded, but like, he was by himself. Who knew? And like, or maybe they did know, and they were just like, we're just going to say he spent that entire time praying because it sounds more spiritual. Like, wink, wink. Um, I mean, like, honestly, like... I have so many times been like, I'm gonna go catch up on work, and then I just fall asleep on my couch. Like, I'm not the only one who does that, right? Um, So like a couple chapters earlier in Mark, there's this instance of Jesus getting up really early in the morning, he's going off to this deserted place to pray, and like there are all of these people looking for him, and the disciples literally have to like go search him out and track him down because there's so many people looking for him. Like so many people who want things from Jesus. Like they are people that want to be healed, that want to be taught, that just like want to spend time with Jesus. Um, and you just like see all of these pressures coming towards Jesus. And I think that's really relatable. Like most, if not all of us, have what feels like constant pressure, constant demands coming at us, whether that's like from our boss or from our families or from our relationship, like there's always something that needs to get done. Um, Like I think about people who have kids, like I don't personally have kids, 
But from what I've gathered, this like feeling of trying to like go off and take time for yourself only to be interrupted by someone who needs something is like a 24-7 experience. Um, and so even without kids, like our jobs, our school, our relationships, like we have to feed ourselves three times a day. Like that is so many times, like so many times. There's always something. And then like on top of all of these baseline things we need to do just to like keep ourselves alive, there's the things that we're doing in our community, in our world, all of these things that we're trying to address. And there's just so much pressure to give it everything you've got. Um, so a lot of you might be familiar with this graphic that's not there we go <laughs> this graphic this is a graphic that we show a lot at new city and it's this inward outward transformation loop where both kind of the outward actions go into the inward actions and vice versa um, and we know that both of these sections are important but we can often lean too heavily on one side or the other we can focus too much on our inner lives and ignore all the things happening in the world around us or vice versa we can focus too much on the world around us and end up neglecting ourselves and getting really burnt out. Um, and I think we can all be guilty of both of those things at different points in our lives. Um, and so I love looking at the life of Jesus because we see both of these things. Um, and I think there's still the pressure to like, see one or the other, to see all of these things that Jesus did or to see all of these inward things that Jesus asks us to do. Um, and when we look at like the three years that Jesus is, that is recorded in the gospels, like the dude is doing stuff. Like he's healing, he's teaching, he's like reminding people how important kids are. He's like elevating marginalized voices. Like he's doing all of this big world changing, transform society kind of stuff. And so I love when we get to see these like little glimpses of this inner world of Jesus. Um, it's just so fun to see and it's so important. This person that we look to for how we live our lives took a nap every once in a while. He listened to what his body was telling him he needed in the moment and like this wasn't just like an I dozed off like unexpectedly. Like the guy had a pillow. He was clearly planning this nap. Like this is something he was set up for. Um, so I just wonder like as we look at that, are we able to listen to our bodies and listen to what our bodies need in the moment and all of the things that we have going on in our lives? Are we able to take a break? Are we able to take a nap? Are we able to take time for self-care and rest? Some people are really good at this. Some people are not so good at this. And the thing is, I think that no matter where you are on that scale, you can practice it and you can get better. Um, our challenge for this series, if you guys don't know, we have like a fun little like paper challenge that you write on each, yes, you brought yours, I love that. Um, but our challenge is each week we're taking an empire narrative that maybe we've been telling ourselves or maybe that we struggle with, and we are rewriting that into a gospel narrative, and we're trying to tell ourselves that every day so that we become used to it, um, so that we become used to like telling ourselves that our worth isn't determined by our productivity 
or that like sitting still and feeling the sunshine on our face is a valuable way to spend our time or that boundaries around our personal space and our needs are okay. The more we practice these things, the more natural they become. So let's just go back to this passage for a moment. Personally, I wonder if the reason that like Jesus was totally cool just like taking a nap in the boat is because that's what he did. He listened to his body and he was used to just doing what he needed to do to be his healthiest self. So that when it came to it, like it wasn't even a question. It was like, this is what I need to do to take care of myself and so this is what I'm going to do. He consistently gave himself that permission to take care of his spiritual, his mental, and his physical needs. Um, And like, Maybe you could argue that like he was just really tired and like couldn't keep his eyes open. But I mean, how many of us have been like exhausted and are like, I'm gonna take a nap and then you can't sleep, or I'm gonna go to bed and you can't sleep because like your mind is spinning in anxiety and like all the things you have to do. Like even resting takes practice. Um, And often my own decision not to rest is based out of fear. And that's something that I see in the disciples' reactions to Jesus. Like, they're yelling at him, don't you care that we're drowning? Like, we worry that if we take time for ourselves, this is the reaction that we're going to get. That people are going to, like, think that we don't really care about what's going on around us or, like, think that we should be doing everything we possibly can at every possible moment Um, because there's always, you know, something to do. There's always more work to be done. There's always that, like, project in the apartment that we promised we would finish. Like, (laughs) we could be volunteering more. We could be protesting more. There's always something. Um, And I think a really interesting example of this that I've been reading about is um, the unlimited vacation policies that some companies are putting into place, which, like, on the surface sounds amazing like I can take as much vacation as I want sign me up like I'm here for it where do I sign Um, but in reality there have been studies that show that people who have this policy actually take less vacation than people who don't have this policy Um, because when the boundaries become less clear it's more difficult to know what's acceptable in your workplace culture What if I'm taking more time off than everyone else? Like, what if people think I don't care about my job or, like, other people have to cover for me while I'm gone and then they start to, like, dislike me for that? Um, We we feel this need to be constantly on and constantly vigilant and constantly alert because if we're not ready to take care of something, who's going to? If we miss an email or like something goes wrong, if we unplug, like what if something happens? Who's gonna deal with that? How is that gonna affect my life going forward? Um, However, the reality is that people who do take more vacation tend to be higher performers, more productive, and more successful, which like, quick caveat, the the um, goal of rest is not to be more productive. Like, let's like not get it in our heads that we're like trying to be more productive and more successful. I just think this is a really good example of the value of rest. That when we rest, we're able to show up to the other areas in our life in a more meaningful way. And the opposite is also true. Forcing ourselves to keep working when we need to take a break 
isn't doing anyone any good, especially ourselves. Um, about seven years ago, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which makes me feel like I'm like an 80-year-old. Um, I'm pretty sure it's just like my body manifesting what it thinks about me. It's like, your hobbies are like knitting and sewing and like quilting and like sitting with cats and reading. So clearly like you're an 80 year old, right? Like this seems appropriate, um, which I realize is like not how it works, but I don't know, I'm not a doctor, maybe it is. Um, but basically what happens is my immune system, instead of just attacking things like viruses and diseases, it also starts to attack my own body. It just like goes a little bit rogue. Um, and it can be really painful. And when it's super bad, um, it can be just difficult to do normal everything day things that I need to do in my life, like driving or getting dressed or brushing my teeth or even sleeping. Um, and like, thankfully, I've had access to the health care that I need. Generally, it doesn't bother me. I figured it out. Um, but I'll still periodically have what's called a flare when your symptoms come up again. Um, and I've realized that there are certain things that can like trigger a flare. And one of those biggest things for me is stress. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, oh my gosh, like why is my arthritis so bad? Like why am I in pain? What's going on? And then I'll be like, oh, I've been really stressed for like two weeks. Um, and this is a time where like I have to listen to my body and I have to take a break and I have to like deal with the stress in my life, which like is not fun because there's a reason I'm stressed and like being in pain and not being able to do things is not helping said reason. Like that's not making it easier. Um, but I've struggled a lot with feeling like I can't keep up and like my body can't keep up and it's really frustrating and I'll like start to compare myself to other people around me and like how much they're doing and how much they're getting done and how like motivated and like what their capacity is and like think to myself why can't I be that person like what's what's wrong with me like what will people think of me when they see that I don't have this um, and I imagine that most people with a chronic illness just have to face the fact that this is part of their lives. This is part of who we will be for the rest of our lives and we can't do anything to change that. And I have to learn to adjust and see this as an invitation to deal with the stress before it gets to that point, to rest before I get to the point where I'm just like falling apart. Um, and when my immune system does go a little rogue, I like to imagine that like my immune system is just like this little person who's like trying her best and she just like wants to try so hard and she's like working so hard to do what she needs to and like is attacking everything out there and just like goes a little bit overboard and starts attacking things she's not supposed to. Like calm it down, it's okay. Um, and like that helps me remind myself that like I don't need to go overboard I don't need to try so hard because when I try this hard I start to hurt myself um like I'm not saying you have to like anthropomorphize your chronic illness like I realize that some of you probably think that's super weird and like don't know what to do with that um it's fine you can just like laugh awkwardly that's fine um but it's been helpful for me it's a way to have compassion for myself and my body um, and to recognize that the limits I have aren't inherently
I have the capacity I have, and those may look different than someone else's, but that doesn't make me any less good or worthy or valuable. Just because my body needs to be cared for in a way that's different than someone else's body doesn't mean I'm any less valuable. Sometimes we can't do everything we want to do. Sometimes our bodies can't do everything we want them to do, and that it doesn't change the fact that we deserve rest, that our bodies deserve to be cared for. Rest and care aren't things that we have to earn. We don't have to meet someone's expectations of us to earn rest. We don't even have to meet our own expectations of ourselves to earn rest. Because I think when we live in the narrative of having to earn rest, other people see that and they think that they have to live in that narrative too. And we get in this vicious cycle where we're just trying to like show that we're tougher and that we can work harder and that we can like function on less sleep than everyone else, which like, what a weird flex, like honestly. Um, but our fears and our insecurities spread to the people around us. It's like we're all trying to constantly outrun each other until we're all running on empty, burned out, and exhausted. But I think the opposite is true as well. When we give ourselves permission to take a break, to take care of ourselves, we give other people permission to do that too. Our rest is so generative. Not only do we refresh ourselves and set ourselves up to show up well in the world, we invite others into that as well. We invite others to self-care, to slowing down so that they're able to show up as their best selves too. Rest is good for our communities. And this is something I see in today's scripture. At the beginning of the story, we hear that like Jesus' boat is not the only boat on this lake. Like All of these other boats are following him, so all of these people in all of these boats are like caught in this violent and terrifying storm. And I like to imagine that like this calmness and stillness that Jesus like exudes as he's waking up from this like great nap is kind of them like emanating off of him into the water and like that's becoming still. And that's like taking on, it's like taking a deep breath and just like letting go. And that stillness is benefiting everyone around them. It's benefiting every single person on that lake. Our rest encourages rest in the communities around us. Now, the one final thing I want to address is that after Jesus calms the storm, he asks the disciples, why are you frightened? Why don't you have faith yet? And I think that you could read that as Jesus like shaming people for not having enough faith. Like, I think many of us have maybe had that experience where it's like, oh, this didn't happen because you didn't pray hard enough and like you didn't have enough faith. And I just want to like shut that down. That ain't it. We're not doing that. Um, I like to look at this story and like think this is a pretty logical situation to be afraid in. Like, that seems like a natural response. Like, there are gale force winds, the boat is filling with water. Like, a number of the disciples were fishermen, so, like, they're used to this. So if they're terrified of drowning, like, that's probably warranted. Like, this is probably serious. So what is Jesus saying? His statement reminds me that rest 
is about trust. It's like Jesus is saying, like, hey, just FYI, just want to remind you, like, you can trust me. I'm here. You don't have to be constantly vigilant, constantly working, constantly striving. It's okay to take a breather because you are not the only one on this boat. You are not on this boat alone. When we take, make the decision to take a break, we're making a decision to trust that the world doesn't rest on our shoulders, that we are not holding all of this alone, that God is with us and she doesn't expect us to do this alone. Our communities are with us, our chosen family, this new city community. We're trusting that if we need to step back, someone else who does have capacity at this time will be able to step in. We're acknowledging that we're not in control of everything, and that is a good thing. We get to partner with God, we get to partner with each other, with other people, and as we practice rest, we practice trusting in something or someone outside of ourselves. So what would it look like to give yourself permission to rest? What would it look like to trust that someone else will pick up what you need to put down. In Matthew 11:28, Jesus says, "Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest." What's one step you could take today to rest? Could be as simple as like going outside and enjoying this amazing 60 degree weather and sun instead of like folding that pile of laundry that's sitting on that chair for two weeks. Yes, I am calling myself out here. It could be stepping back from a commitment that's been draining you. It could be just asking for help. Whatever it is, I hope that you give yourself permission to rest. Trusting that God is in the boat with you. You are not alone. And because you are not alone, it might be a really good time to take a nap. <laughs>